A great story always begins with the front page. Welcome back to the front pages where we discuss relevant sports news and nothing but facts. OMG! It feels amazing to be back behind this mic to give y'all yet another episode of the front pages. First and foremost, excuse the voice. My brother had a wedding this weekend and it was just so much to celebrate. We had tons of family in town. So excuse the voice, but your girl still got to talk because there is so much to talk about in it's September, it's a new month, and I was like, you know what, this is a great time to come back, get into the routine, and give y'all an episode each and every week. Now, being that we are behind, I think I'm going to up the amp just a little bit and give you guys an extra episode every week, but don't quote me it. Don't quote me it. I'm just saying that is in the works. Man, I did not remember the last time we talked. Like, You guys, so much has happened. So if you've been listening to this podcast from the very beginning, you know I was in grad school. Your girl got her master's. I graduated August 5th. So just so much has been happening. I got employee of the month at work. Like, y'all, it's been a great summer, to say the least. So first, I got to start with Serena Williams. Watching her performance in the U.S. Open in... Just hearing her speech, seeing all of the posts and the love that Serena Williams has received, I'm just like, wow, the impact is real. Serena Williams, her resume, we all know, just stands out. She is literally a goat, one of the goats um, in the world of sports. And just to see, even on international stages how much of an impact she's had on players and other competitors it's just wild to me she will literally go down as the face that changed the game of tennis forever with her sister and we actually saw a glimpse of that in the movie king richard if you haven't watched that highly 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 recommend you to do so because I think that is just the tip of the iceberg of the things that they encountered during the beginning of their career, the Williams sisters that I'm speaking of. And I'm just blown away. You know, although Serena Williams' career ended on a loss, I think that she still won overall. Like, her present is just crazy. It's just crazy to see her impact, the things that she's accomplished and the the people she's influenced that that's not an easy feat guys like everybody not out here this is influential as she is and just to see um the outcome it, it is just remarkable i like watching her speech at the end it was so emotional because i get it she was literally experiencing her world end She's been playing tennis for countless of years, something that she has sacrificed time with friends, families, etc. So much time went into that craft and to see it finally come to an end, it's crazy. And for me, I think 
it kind of relates to my experience of being a collegiate athlete. Although I didn't do it as long as she did, you know, having that come to a true end is just like, what, wait, what's going on? Like, is this real? Is what I'm feeling real? Am I wrong for feeling this way? Like, I, I, it's a lot. So I can just imagine the emotions that she felt during that moment. And a lot of people have already started to question what will Serena Williams do now that she's retired? And I actually talked to my cousins about this. And one of them actually brought up the point that she's really into finances and can see her really doing something along those lines. And I was like, she don't have to do a thing. <laughs> you know, she is set. But I know as a former athlete, we don't just sit and do nothing because we are still searching for ways to be competitive and still have that type of presence. So I'm curious to see what she will do next. I think we should definitely give her time to just rest and do whatever, enjoy her family, being a mother, being a wife and man, just job well done, Serena Williams, you know, we will never forget the impact she has left on the world of sports. 23 Grand Slams, four Olympic gold medals, 14 Grand Slam doubles, and one of only two players to hold all four slams. And she is the first African-American woman to win a Grand Slam. Job well done, Serena Williams. Next up, we got WNBA playoffs. We are in full flesh right now, and it's the best of five. You have the Las Vegas Aces versus Seattle Storm. My pick here are the Aces. Game one went to Seattle, 76-73. Game two and three both went to the Aces. And on this Aces team, they've just had an outstanding season. I mean, Becky Hammond got coach of the year. Asia Wilson, she is the defensive player of the year. She also just became the first player in the WNBA playoff history that has had two straight games of 30-plus points and 10-plus rebounds. That ain't easy. Game three, she had 34 points, 11 rebounds, three steals. Game two, 33 points, 13 rebounds, and three blocks. So Las Vegas Aces, they got my pick here. Game four will be Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN2. Look, if y'all don't do anything else this week, make sure you tune into one of these games because it has just been lit, like loud. Um, the energy is there. The playmaking is there. It's definitely something to watch. Now, on the opposite end, you got Chicago Sky versus Connecticut Sun. My pick in this series, Chicago Sky. Game one went to... Connecticut 68 to 63 but game two and three both went to Chicago Sky now game four will also be on Tuesday 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time also on ESPN 2 I'm just the WNBA playoffs has delivered each and every season attraction is getting crazy the fan engagement is there the audience is there women's sports they matter and I'm gonna leave it at that so yeah, make sure y'all tune in this week. We are literally watching history happen. And I don't know what's going to happen here in game four and five and six if need be. And then along the whole playoffs. But 
History is being made in each and every game. So it's something to watch. So definitely tune in, y'all. But moving right along, y'all, college football is back. Oh, my gosh. And for week one to start the way that it did, <laughs> I'm super excited for this fall, y'all. Y'all don't understand. I love college football. But let's do a week one recap because <laughs> so much just what? So first game, got to talk about my Cougs, Houston versus UTSA. This game had the nation wired. It went to triple overtime and after heart attack, blood pressure raising, the Cougs were able to pull it off. Thank goodness, because I'm not going to lie. They had me nervous at the beginning. But I think it was just a lot of nervousness that had to get out their systems um, and just having to clean up um, on the offensive side of things. That's going to be really, really big here um, as the season does progress for the Cougars. Another game you had to watch, Georgia versus Oregon. First off, Bo Nix who? This is the guy that y'all said was going to win Heisman. Ain't no way he went in Heisman the way that he played. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Georgia defeated Oregon 49-3. to Now, granted, it is the Bulldogs. So, Oregon, you had a tough game one. But, my goodness, y'all couldn't get a touchdown? Y'all couldn't get a touchdown? Bo had, I think, three turnovers in, like, one quarter unacceptable it's not gonna it's not it it's not it now granted Georgia is our number one team especially this season they are if anything they should be number one um and but dog dang this how this this how we start Georgia okay I like I like Picasso and then you had North Carolina versus App State First off, this game should not have been the way it was. It's 63 to 61. No defense was being played at all. And in fact, there were 40 points in the fourth quarter by App State. What? What? Literally watching this game was giving me a headache. And they really almost won the game. North Carolina got away with like hairs on their neck. Like there was no way. They should have won that game. App State definitely earned that game. But, hey, 63-61, North Carolina was able to take it. Notre Dame versus Ohio State. That's number five versus number three. Ohio, 21-10. They do it. I'm more of a fan of Ohio State than Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is a great team. I think they still will be within that top five range here at the end of the season. But Ohio State is definitely a team to look out for this season. I think they're going to shock a lot of people. Then we had an upset, our first big upset, y'all. Florida versus Utah. Utah came into this matchup number seven. And y'all know, go Gators, my alma mater, you feel me? <laughs> but they was able to finish 29-26, to 26. big upset for the Gators and this definitely puts them back into the talks of being even ranked. You know, these last two seasons have not been in Florida's favor. And this is a great start for the Gators, I think. 
Hmm, what are the games that we have? Oh, how could I freaking forget? Florida State versus LSU. Craziest game of the weekend. And we're actually going to call that the front pages game of the week. Because what in the heck occurred? What did we witness? Florida State 24-23. Field goal blocked for the win. And to be honest, I'm going to just put it out there. LSU special teams is the reason that they lost this game. From muff punts to unsportmanlike conduct penalties on kickoffs, blocked field goals, and a block point after a tip, just wrap it up. Wrap it up at this point. I honestly do not know what LSU has to do to just get back. I I really can't even believe that LSU football has fell off the way it has. And it's just shortcomings like these that, unfortunately, just take them out the talks. And there has been nothing positive about LSU in the media today. Like, nothing. So I hope that they can get it fixed out. I think it's a great institution, a great school with extensive football history. And I think that they got to get it together. They looked very sloppy all over the place, unorganized. It just was not it for the Tigers. And Florida State just capitalized off of that. Now, do I think Florida State is going to be a force to be reckoned with for the remainder of college football? Uh, No, I don't really see that. That will be very shocking, actually, if that happens. But I'm not rooting for them in that extent. No, no. So, y'all, that was just week one. Week two, games to watch. Alabama versus Texas. Easily the game of the weekend. You're going to have Kentucky, number 20, at Florida. Number 19, Arkansas versus South Carolina. Number 10, Baylor versus number 25, BYU. And then, of course, my Cougs, Houston, ranked number 24, will face Texas Tech this upcoming weekend. So week two, I'm sure it has to top week one. Let's get into it. But now that week one is over, week one of NFL football starts this upcoming weekend and y'all it's just so like I'm just super happy I think football is one of my favorite sports to talk about when and also just to watch but before we do get into my week one predictions I have a fun fact for you did you know that there are now 15 women in coaching roles within the NFL and in fact this makes the most ever in any professional male league in the world. Now, the NFL has 10 teams that have women coaches, which is 25% up from 2021. That's your fun fact of today's episode. Now, on to my week one predictions. Baker Mayfield versus the Browns. He states that he is going to mess them up, but I'm going to pick the Browns in this lineup. Bills versus Rams, I'm taking the Rams. Eagles versus Lions, I'll take the Eagles. 49ers versus the Bears, 49ers. Steelers versus Bengals, Bengals. Patriots versus Dolphins, I'll take the Dolphins. I'll give a little oddball here. Um, Colts versus Texans, Texans. Uh, And I normally don't root for the Texans here, but... I'll give them a little bit, just just a little bit of my hope. And you're only going to get this in week one, Texans. So 
Take this with a grain of salt. Saints versus Falcons. I'm taking the Saints. Ravens versus Jets. Ravens. Jags versus Commanders. Jags. Packers versus Vikings. Packers. Giants versus Titans. Giants, of course. Y'all, y'all already knew. Don't don't argue with me on this. Y'all already knew. I'll see y'all on Instagram anyways. Um <laughs> Raiders versus Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers. Chiefs versus Cardinals. Ooh. I'm going with the Chiefs. Bucks versus Cowboys. Bucks. I probably will not be rooting for the Cowboys at all this season. At all this freaking season. Don't argue with me. Then Broncos versus Seahawks. I'm taking Broncos. Make sure y'all drop y'all predictions on this week's week one NFL predictions post. And let's move right along to the NBA. So NBA offseason has been lit, I guess to say, because my boy Pat Bev is a Laker. <laughs> I love this for me. I love this. I don't understand why people hate Pat Bev. I think he will fit very well into that system. They got a new head coach, so obviously they kind of know what they're going. But the biggest question that comes from this trade is, will Westbrook stay and can they coexist? Now, my opinion, I don't think Westbrook will be staying. I think that there are trade talks for him to go elsewhere. Um, but if they were to stay on the same team, I just, I don't know how that would work out. To be honest, I do not see it working out. I would be very shocked to see it work out in that way. So that's just my opinion on it. You also have Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. This is fairly new. Utah Jazz trade him for three players, three first round picks and two pick swaps. And you know what? Somebody go check on Stephen A. Because I know that the Knicks were really trying to get Mitchell. And now he's going to the Cavs. That's a good look for the Cavs. Because he's a player where I think wherever he goes, he will have that same impact. He plays with such finesse in a, such a fast-paced game that anywhere he goes, it will be beneficial. Sad to see him leave the Jazz. Because I think the Jazz could have built a team around him. But the Cavs definitely have this opportunity now for this upcoming season. But a lot of things also have changed within this upcoming season because of the pro-am leagues we saw this season. Or summer, I should say. Now, if you don't know what a pro-am league is, it's basically like a summer league where um, collegiate players, professional players, international players come together within their local cities and they just hoop it out. Um, it's kind of like an off-season thing, get some reps in, get in shape, um, fine-tune, doing a lot of fine-tuning in the summertime. And I actually worked a pro-am league on the broadcasting side last summer here in Houston. If you don't know, it's called No Excuses Pro League. If you need something to do, definitely go. You're going to see some true basketball, some true hoopers of all ages. But the dangers that present itself with athletes participating is they can get injured. Oklahoma Thunder's Chet Holmgren, number two round pick in the 2022 draft, is out now for the entire season due to an injury in his right foot. Now, he did play in the Pro-Am League this summer, and now it makes you wonder, should 
professional players be participating in these leagues? A lot of players have had dialogue over this summer, basically just saying that this is a way to give their hometown and fans in their hometown an opportunity to see them play because a lot of the times people can't see them play in real in regular season or even afford to to go to a game or travel to see a player play. So this is a way that players are able to play in front of their home crowd and just get that real gritty factor. It's, it's, it's real, real, y'all. Every Pro-Am League I've seen, the audience is wild, engaged. The players are treating this as a game. This is sometimes where you will see players that you have never thought that will play together, play together. It's just a really cool format, and I truly enjoy it. But it does make you wonder if these players should truly be participating because now – your number two round pick can't play at all. He won't see the season. So this is a punch in the face for Oklahoma Thunder because it's like, dang, they were building their team around this. He was an asset, a key player for this lineup. And now they have to figure out what they need to do to fulfill this role that is no longer filled this season. So I don't know. I have... Uh, differences about players participating. I think it is good that they participate, but then I think it's kind of like a whatever choice you do make, you have to live with that decision. And in this case, that's just what it is. You know, it's unfortunate, definitely. Um, but this is is life, man. It's crazy. It's just it's just wild to see things work out like that. It's like, dang, cannot catch a break. And speaking of not catching a break, if y'all remember episodes ago, we talked about this multi-million dollar scam against the NBA's health plan. Well, former NBA player Terrence William has pled guilty in connection to this multi-million dollar scam. Now, Williams was accused of being the leader of this scheme, which basically consisted of Players making fraudulent claims to the NBA's league's health plan for medical and dental reimbursement. So basically, they were saying like, "Oh, I got a root canal. This is how much I paid. Here's my. Re- this is how much I should be reimbursed." And they were actually getting that money back. Him and 17 other players were charged in an indictment back in October, and now authorities have said that at least. Five million in false claims were submitted to the plan between 2017 and 2021. He is now scheduled to be sentenced in January 2023 and faces a maximum of 20 years, my goodness, in prison for conspiracy charge and a mandatory minimum of two years in prison for identity theft. Terrence Williams, 35 years old, he played four seasons in the NBA with the Nets, Celtics, Rockets, and Kings. But look, you do the dirt, you do the time. But that's all the time that I actually have for you guys here today. I can't believe I got through everything I kind of wanted to talk about um, here today. Just some quick hits to end off on episode 52. Coming January 2024, Tiger Woods is launching a new golf league. Big three co-finder Ice Cube has now taken over as CEO and they just completed their fifth season of play with the big three. Johnny Manziel, he could be releasing a new Netflix documentary. And if you remember him, he was the first freshman to win the Heisman Trophy back in 2012. 
And one quick hit just to leave you with, Brett Favre, he was interviewed by the FBI over a $70 million Mississippi welfare scandal. He was questioned over $1.1 million in fees and he received back in 2017 and 2018 to make motivational speeches that he did not perform. But as that case develops, we will share details in future episodes. But guys, I'm super duper duper excited to be back on this podcast. I really, really miss doing this. And now that I have just free time and have had the opportunity to be present in all of my accomplishments this year, I just want to thank you all so much for tuning in each and every week. Your girl is back. Let's hit September with the full flesh. And if you're not already, make sure you're following the front pages on Instagram for all of the exclusive content, predictions, question of the week, you name it, we got it. But until next week, your girl is out. Peace.